It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Shoots and scores! Tomas Hurdle hits the jackpot! You're listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide. Brought to you by Coors Light. Scores! 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 Logan Couture wins it in overtime! Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Winnipeg able to push it out to center. Nikolai Evers looks for a man on the left, but we got a fight on the ice here. Adam Lowry dropping the gloves with Jonah Gadjevich, and Lowry swinging. There goes his helmet, but Gadjevich tags Lowry twice with a couple of rights, a third right. Hits Lowry in the head. Adam Lowry continues to battle, but boy, Gadjevich with a couple of amazing shots right in front of the Winnipeg bench. They continue to battle it out. What a toe-to-toe matchup here. As now a little left jab, and now a right by Gadjevich, and down goes Lowry, losing his balance. The fight is over. Well, I think they all did. I mean, they, they all had had good, uh, you know, got good opportunities. I mean, um, you know, they're, they're thrown into situations where, you know, sometimes fair or unfair, they had to play and they had to, you know, learn by a trial by, you know, thrown right into the fire there. So I thought they all did a did a pretty good job and, and you know, they, they did what they were supposed to make it difficult, um, you know, up front. You know, I thought Merck's, Merck's did a pretty good job for us up front in the back end. I mean, all the D, I thought, filled in admirably back there. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Morning Tide. Happy to be with you as always. We are going to get into last night's loss, but I did want to flash back to Bob Bugner's press conference on Wednesday. I thought he had some really good stuff in there, and it speaks to the franchise. It speaks to the human aspects of getting COVID and the way it can impact your life, and I wanted to use that sound for you so you can hear it so you guys can get brought up to speed on everything that's going on with the team as guys are going to be rejoining the team from the COVID protocol today, Friday, and they're going to have a full team practice and get ready for the game on Saturday. But this has been a a big, big stretch for the San Jose Sharks. And I think the fact that they're walking away with three wins, two losses, and one overtime loss out of this stretch in which they've been without seven regulars, it's huge. And I really do think it speaks to the organization's strength. I think it speaks to the system that's been implemented top to bottom. And I just think that it speaks to the culture that the Sharks have been trying to rebuild for the last couple of seasons. And I think this, more than anything else, more than the the, the pleasant start to the season, more than just the fact that the guys look like they're having fun, more than the fact that it looks like it's a better product overall, this is truly indicative of the culture that's going on with the team because there is an inclusivity where guys were allowed to step in and they were given the responsibility of these roles. And it wasn't that there was a a less than expectation with regards to any of these guys. It was, all right, you're going to come up with the team. You're going to play to this level. We expect you to perform. And they were allowed to make mistakes. They were allowed to flourish. It was a just awesome scene to see over the past six games. And I know that there's still a lot of hardship ahead for the San Jose Sharks, but what we've been able to see You know, really was very, very encouraging to me, at least in the micro of what we saw with regards to culture. Macro, bigger pictures, organizational pictures, and play style pictures. Yeah, that's also very, very encouraging. But again, in the micro, 
looking at that culture specifically, the Sharks have taken big, big steps forward. All right, now let's hear what head coach Bugner had to say on Wednesday. This is what he offered when he was asked how sick he was. No, not really. I just, uh, I was for the most part asymptomatic. I think, uh, um, you know, I dealt with, uh, you know, just basically a head congestion and a headache for four or five days. And then uh, uh, I was fine. I was, um, you know, trying to, trying to just keep busy at home. And, you know, obviously there's only so much you can do, but uh, um, as for symptoms, I was, uh, I was actually, uh, you know, I say thank God for the vaccines because I, 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 you know, that it worked. Um, you know, I didn't get sick and, uh, um, you know, I could still manage my day and, and go on fairly normal. So that's exactly what you want to hear, that the vaccine did their jobs, that he did get sick, but it wasn't bad, didn't have to be hospitalized, anything like that. I really appreciate his honesty there and talking about what it was like. And I think this answer was a bit more revealing when they asked him if he's, you know, been going crazy being away from the team. Well, to be honest, I mean, I think it would be a lot harder if they were struggling and, uh, you know, we weren't, uh, you know, we weren't taking down points. And uh, um, so that part, it's been, it's been good almost, you know, in a way it's been, let's be honest. I mean, it's frustrating. It's boring. It's, um, you know, you, you just, you got to trust the people uh, that are in place and they've done a hell of a job. I think that uh, the coaching staff, I'm really proud of those guys, how they've managed to, to get through this, um, you know, with the, with the lineup that we have, I think I'm proud of our veterans and our, our leadership, especially last night, you know, that's just a small snapshot of it, but you know, the way they responded in the third period, um, you know, and I'm, I'm proud of the young guys that have come up and, and stepped up and, uh, you know, and really have had to play um, significant roles and significant minutes. I think that uh, speaks to the depth in this organization. I think if something like this would have happened last year, um, I know the results wouldn't have been the same um, for the year before that. So, um, you know, it just speaks to the health of the organization. Um, but yeah, definitely frustrating for me. Um, you know, I've been in contact with the coaches, uh, you know, every day, five, six times a day. Uh, we talk in the morning about lineups. We talk about game plan. Um, you know, after the game, we go through and talk and discuss how the game went and, uh, um, you know, and just work rest ratios, things like that. But, uh, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's, uh, um, those guys have done a heck of a job. Yeah, they've all done a fantastic job, whether it's the coaching staff, whether it's the training staff, whether it's the guys up from the American League, whether it's the younger players who started the year with the Sharks, whether it's the established veterans, whoever it's been, they have all done their job to the best of their ability over this COVID outbreak and kept the Sharks heads above water. I mean, that was the thing is like you wanted to stay alive during the stretch to give yourself an opportunity going, going forward. And that's exactly what the Sharks have done top to bottom. Bugner was also asked about the day of the outbreak, October 30th, which seems worlds away by now, but I thought he gave some really interesting insight as to how it all went down, what it was like for him and the team. It was chaos. I, you know, I think, uh, um, you know, I think the first guy that we knew was positive, I think was Middleton at the time. And then uh, therefore we all, we all tested. And, uh, you know, I was sitting with my suit on in the, uh, in the coach's room at uh, five o'clock for the, uh, the game, I don't even remember who we were playing, but it was a Saturday night. And uh, um, Ray Tufts came in and said, hey, you just tested positive. you got to go home. And uh, obviously, you know, until it happens to you, you never think you're sort of going to get it. I was doubly vaccinated and, uh, um, you know, and so it's a shock. It's a shock. And, you know, we all have lives away from the rink. It just so happens that my parents were in town who, uh, you know, my dad's 72, my mom's 68 in town visiting and staying in my, my condo with me. And then, you know, and then that starts a whole new set of fears and worries. And, 
Uh, thank God they're, you know, 11, 12 days out and they've, they've tested negative. So nothing, uh, you know, no problems there, but, uh, you know, this just, it's when real life hits you and you understand what people go through and how much it, uh, you know, it changes your life. Yeah, a lot of stark honesty from Bugner there and talking about how it could have impacted his parents who were seniors. He did go on to say that his parents uh, are back in Canada now. They never showed any symptoms. And at the time of that interview, it was 11 or 12 days out. So very good news in that capacity. And we're happy that uh, his parents did not get sick. Now, in terms of guys coming back and everybody being back ready to go and travel to Colorado, he offered this. Yeah, everybody was on uh, the whole uh, uh, list of guys were on the ice for the last two days. Uh, We'll be on again tomorrow. And then we're going to fly tomorrow afternoon and meet the team in Denver. Um, You know, and we're going to plan on having a full team practice on Friday. So, yeah, um, you know, not getting into individual cases. um, You know, some were were different than others, but at the end of the day, we're all – we're all feeling good and we're all here together working out and sweating and, uh, and, and trying to get back, uh, you know, trying to get the legs back really. And then with regard to those guys getting their legs back and being able to get things going again, this is what Bugner said about how they looked on the ice over the first day versus where they got to. Well, the first day it was, uh, um, it was a little, uh, wild because you, you could see guys after the first 10 minutes, 15 minutes were just absolutely begged. They're dead. I mean, uh, um, their conditioning obviously is, uh, you know, not only do you stay away from the rink for 10 days, but for the most part, you know, not a lot of guys were doing any activity and, you know, sitting on your couch and you just get deconditioned quick. And uh, so the first day, a lot of guys were tired and, and sore after day one. And, and uh, you know, it's gotten better since. So this is day three, um, you know, so after tomorrow, we're going to have four skates here, one team skate in Denver. And, uh, and hopefully that's going to make that everybody's going to be ready to play on Saturday. We'll make that decision here in the next day or so. So not everything is completely clear at this point, but everything sounds like it is trending in the right direction. Now, of course, that means there are going to be tough decisions on the horizon about all those guys with regard to the American League. Well, the first day it was was a little uh, wild because you you could see guys after the first 10 minutes, 15 minutes were just absolutely begged. They're dead. I mean, uh, um, their conditioning obviously is... uh, you know, not only do you stay away from the rink for 10 days, but for the most part, you know, not a lot of guys were doing any activity and, you know, sitting on your couch and you just get deconditioned quick. And uh, so the first day, a lot of guys were tired and, and sore after day one. And, and uh, you know, it's gotten better since. So this is day three. Um, you know, so after tomorrow, we're going to have four skates here, one team skate in Denver. And, uh, and hopefully that's going to make that everybody's going to be ready to play on Saturday. We'll make that decision here in the next day or so. But I did think it was really cool that Bugner talked about the organizational strength top to bottom and referenced the fact that it was something they talked about in the offseason about the system being there from the top down between the Sharks and the Barracuda. One thing that I talked to with Roy and his staff at the Barracuda, it was it was it was just mandatory, um, you know, this year that. We have guys that being a deeper organization going to be using some of these guys and and, uh, that we both both teams play the exact same way. And uh, we built that out. We spent all summer on projects building out that tech pack and our identity. And, uh, um, you know, you can see the good teams in the league really do that. You, you know, teams that are, you know, Boston for years, Pittsburgh for years, every time they get four or five injuries, they bring guys up from the minors and they almost don't miss a beat. And, uh, and, and we're at that point, we're getting there where, uh, um, you know, it's pretty fluid back and forth. I think the identity that we talked about, accountability and the leadership, um, you know, and then, and then the X and O's, I think, uh, 
um, you know, the system, these guys have bought into, to, you know, how we need to play to win hockey games. And, uh, it just goes to show you, you know, missing seven important people. Um, and you know, guys are still playing that, that to that identity. And, you know, there's times, let's be honest, it could have, it could have been a disaster. There's times that we needed our goaltenders, uh, or we needed the special teams, our penalty kill to step up like last night. Um, you know, or an individual performance. I mean, hurdle a couple games ago, uh, you know, Burnsy, Ferraro, the way they're playing, um, you know, we needed some special, special performances here to get through this. And, uh, you know, different nights, different guys have really stepped up. And that's uh, that's a, a great gauge to see where your team's at. And then on the big picture in terms of how this impacts, how the organization views players, how the organization now looks top to bottom in terms of what they've been able to perceive. Guys have stepped up. Guys have made cases for themselves. Bugner spoke to all that. Yeah, we've, uh, we, you know, I just had a phone call with the staff this morning, uh, um, you know, from Winnipeg. And uh, we that was our exact conversation. We, we've got another 48 hours here to, 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 you know, basically iron this out. And, and the plan's going to be after the game of Winnipeg, the Barracuda are playing in Abbotsford. So we got to make a decision here shortly on, you know, who's going to be on the plane to Denver and who's going to be on the plane to Abbotsford. And uh, um, so, you know, and there's guys that have made cases for themselves. There's, there's, there's no doubt. Sometimes it's, it's, you know, it's going to come down to numbers and it's going to come down to, uh, you know, uh, the business side of things, but, uh, um, you know, there's guys that, uh, um, even if they get sent back, um, have really showed the organization that, you know, um, what they're capable of and, uh, um, and, and sees that opportunity. And it, it just plants that seed for the future as well as, this, you know, you know, where you're at, you know, where your guys, uh, where your young guys are at and you know, you're where their depth's at. And I think that's really important for everybody to see. So I think when you listen to what Bob had to say overall, you hear him speaking about this being a time of opportunity and not just a time of survival for the franchise. And to me, that's very, very big because your mindset in terms of how you're viewing things speaks to a lot about the mindset of the franchise. And this was viewed as not just an opportunity to try and scrape together anything, but look at it in the the most positive light. It's not just that you're suffering from COVID, but rather you are getting this opportunity to get a look at your organization top to bottom at the top two levels. You're getting a look at the development of these players in terms of what they have to offer. You're giving them time on the ice in the NHL so they can understand some of the gaps in their game and some of the areas that they need to work on. But overall, I would say the Sharks have maximized this time period. Three wins, two losses, one overtime loss. You now have a much better idea in particular of a high draft pick like Ryan Merkley. You have a lot better idea of what you can get out of Nick Merkley. Jacob Magna, you go down the list. All these guys have stepped up and put in good performances and you've been able to get a better evaluation of some of your younger guys as well because you've seen Jasper Weatherby have some good performances. You've seen Jonathan Dolan have some big performances. These are young players who had more of an onus put on them over this time period, and I thought they stepped up very nicely. There were also times during this period where you had to rely on the play of a Brent Burns or a Mario Ferraro or your goalkeepers, and then James Reimer and Aiden Hill both came up with huge, huge performances when they needed to, and that's something we've talked about all year long is the team identity of guys knowing that other players will be able to step up for them. That is huge when you think about team mentality compared to a year ago and two years ago because it felt like everybody had to do it on their own and that was being seen on the ice there was not a lot of cohesiveness there was not a lot of 
you know, just overall team play. It was somebody desperately trying to make something happen for the sake of making something happen. And I think we saw a little bit of that last night in the third period. You saw guys just trying to make something happen, but you're down at that point. It's 3-1 after two. You're on the road. You've been in a very, very difficult situation. In that instance, I did not hate it because it was just kind of like, all right, we'll see what happens. This is this is how it goes sometimes. You got to see what somebody could do if somebody can be a spark. And I think that the way it had been going with the Sharks not getting any calls, that was part of it as well. But just to see the team still fighting and looking maybe a little out of gas, which we'll get into in the next segment. You know, again, I didn't hate it. I did not hate anything I could see, but it was just so refreshing to see that hero hockey mentality only show up as a last resort. And we didn't really see it that much over the course of this six-game stretch where you have guys up from the American League relying more on your younger players. It was a very, very unknown time for Sharks hockey. And I think that they weathered the storm very, very nicely. They have a much better look at their organization uh, at the top two levels, and they they understand that it seems like the way they're putting it in in terms of the system from the NHL and the AHL levels, that it's working, that guys are getting it, that Roy, I mean, of course you expect Roy to do it because he's, uh, you know, he's a master at this point, but it's working. The guys stepped in, and like he alluded to with Boston, you have four or five guys ready to come up and play to the level of expectations that you have for the team. And again, you can't put enough value on that because that, to me, is just huge for what the Sharks are trying to accomplish and what they've been able to accomplish over this six-game stretch. All right, we're going to take a break. On the other side, we're going to talk more about what we saw last night in the loss to Winnipeg. You're on Morning Tide. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge-watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. It's Connor Shifley on the ice right now in the final seconds of the period. We weren't supposed to be together, but they've got him out there now. As it's worked free behind the net, centering pass. Shifley took it from Connor and a one-time shot from three feet in front. Great stick save by Reimer. And boy, that was a huge stop. All right, welcome back to Morning Tide, everyone. The Sharks coming off a 4-1 loss at the hands of the Jets. Now, I know immediately some of you are going to be talking about the lack of calls last night, that the Sharks could have drawn a couple of man advantages and they were unable to do so. They did not. And of course, you're not wrong. That's just not usually the thing I like to focus on because I always say, don't put it in the hands of the officials. Go out and win that game yourself. And I thought that for the early parts of the game, the Sharks did look very, very team-oriented. And I thought that a lot of the passing in the first period in particular, they were buzzing around and they were looking to win the game and go up by a goal or two in the first period. And I thought that they were playing just fantastic hockey. And I thought that You know, multiple times this year, the Sharks have shown such great ability to break out. Tic-tac-toe passing, just bam, 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 back and forth, really snappy, really in sync type of play. And to me, that is more important to see than overall looking at the loss. Because the loss, yes, it's unfortunate, but let's take a couple of things into consideration. The Sharks have been playing 
above their heads while they've had these guys up. That's not to say that it didn't count or that it wasn't real. It's just three, two, and one without seven regulars, including Timo Meyer and Eric Carlson and Mark Edward Vlasic. I mean, that's just not the norm that you're going to see from the Sharks if you take those guys out of the lineup on any given night and the guys were able to step up for them. But the fact that you saw the team still fighting very, very hard and still looking so snappy and still looking so precise and looking like they're a team that's getting better at certain points of the game, I'm going to take that all as a positive while acknowledging that hey, the Jets are a good team. And the fact that the Sharks were able to take two out of three of them over the course of the season series, I'm, I'm looking at that overall is a good, good thing. I mean, that's not, you got one against them on opening night, relatively full strength. You got one against them when everything went to hell and suddenly, you know, a lot of your players are ending up in the COVID protocol. And then you get a loss to them when you visit them and you're still undermanned and still in the midst of a road trip. And you're one and one on the road trip so far, which I'm still looking at as a positive because big picture, this could have all gone a lot more negatively for San Jose. But to me, the fact that we were seeing more high-quality play from the Sharks overall, even in the midst of what was going on last night. While you could tell they looked a little bit tired, like maybe the legs were starting to die on them a little bit, I'm still looking at that all as a positive. And it also leads me to believe that when they do get these players back Saturday against Colorado, which let's not lie, that's going to be a tough, tough game, but you are going to be getting an injection of life, that getting those guys back there out on the ice is going to be very, very good to see. And I know people are thinking, well, you know, are they going to have to have a little bit of an adjustment period? And, you know, I don't really know at this point because things went so swimmingly when you brought up guys from the American League. Guys just stepped into their roles and did their job. And then I also have to imagine that we're going to see some of that with this, in addition to guys like Timo Meyer, like Eric Carlson, itching to get back and get at it once again. So I think there's a lot to look forward in that capacity, and I think that we'll be excited to see what they bring, but I'm not expecting it to be you know, they're, they're not just going to snap back into form automatically. Another thing that I want to point out is that a losing effort for the Sharks right now is giving up three goals. And they didn't give up another goal in the third period when they were down 3-1 until the empty net or let, late. So for the most part, you know, I think the goalies are doing their jobs this year. James Reimer still had a good night last night. I still thought that he saw, you know, a lot of shots and was put in some bad positions on some of those goals. So, you know, I'm not really looking at that and saying that's a game where Reimer lost it for you or anything like that, nor do I look at games that singularly in general. But we make the comparisons to a year ago. That's a game that would have been 5 nothing going into the third by comparison, and you would have been what much, much more out of it. I think the fact that the Sharks go into the third period feeling like they have something to fight for, feeling like they're only down two goals and it only takes one goal to get you right back into it. I think that, to me, is also telling you a lot about where this Sharks team has grown and about where they were last year versus where they are this year. And I think that to me is just, it's huge. I mean, you see the differences from one year to the next. And that was something I was thinking about while watching the Sharks last night, particularly in the first period where they, while they were really buzzing around, I was just saying to myself, this team looks so much better than they did a year ago or two years ago. I mean, they look significantly better. They look much more engaged, much more motivated, and much more purposeful and purpose-driven on the ice, which really does tell you a lot about where this team was, 
where they are and where they could potentially be going. Obviously, it's early in the season. There is a lot left to be done here, and we're we're, we're early. This is not the be-all, end-all of what we're going to see with the Sharks team. But in terms of them building their confidence, in terms of them working towards a greater goal, this has been such a huge, huge moment for the Sharks, and I just can't get over how much better they looked last night than they did a year ago. Keep in mind, that's why they're without a significant portion of their usuals. So my hope is that this trend continues because I think a lot of these players are going to feel the pressure knowing like, hey, I am not imminently replaceable, but there are guys that are chomping at the bit to come up and steal my gig. And that's how pro sports are. You are always competing for your spot and you want that competition because it makes the guys who are behind you on the depth chart works harder and it makes the guys who are in front of those guys on the depth chart work harder. But I also think that this gave a lot of those younger guys who are fighting for those roles to realize that they are all fighting for the same thing. It gave them a taste of the mentality of the NHL and showed them that their hard work will pay off. All right, let's get into some of that postgame sound from last night. Here is acting head coach John McClain on just looking big picture on everything the team was able to do over the course of this these six games being impacted by COVID. Well, I mean, yeah, you can say yes, but also, too, it's, it's after a loss, so you're not really pleased. I mean, you wish, you know, there's a couple opportunities there missed as well in that. So um, I, I will say I'm pleased with the total effort that these guys showed um, throughout this. Um, you know, the guys that got called up and the guys who were here, I mean, I think overall they, they all uh, buckled down and, um, you know, uh, gave us an opportunity each night to win. And, you know, so that, that was nice to see uh, that they that they did uh, put, the, put the effort in. And Benino spoke to the three, two, and one stretch as well. I, I think we have to be. You know, we've got guys uh, oh, first in the league and guys under 25 and, um, you know, 11 guys under 50 games in the lineup tonight. And uh, you wouldn't know it but over the last five, six games. Guys play the right way. We're a good team and organizational depth here, you know, coming into this organization is great. Uh, camp was good and that's what you need um, to get into the playoffs. I mean, I don't know how many games you said, six games, you, you know, you go one in five, you put yourself behind the eight ball. So to come out of this with a winning record and, you know, continue on the road with maybe some guys back is, is really big for us. And Benino knows, right? I mean, he's been in this league for a long time. He has played a lot of games. He has won a Stanley Cup. He has been a part of some very, very good teams. He knows exactly the realities of the NHL and speaks to them very, very concisely. On the opposite end of that that spectrum is a guy like Ryan Merkley, who now we got much more of a look at and got to see what exactly he needs to do with his game to become a consistent NHL player. And there were a lot of questions that were asked about Merkley because he had not lived up to his draft status, but suddenly he does look like a player for the future. And you saw him have a lot of savvy play out there on the ice. He's not a veteran, but he played like a smart player. You saw him get better, I think, over the stretch of these six games. And now he walks away with big-time NHL experience under his belt. Oh, it's an awesome. It was an unexpected surprise for sure, but it sucks for those guys getting COVID. But, I mean, it was a great opportunity for the seven, eight guys that got to come in and play. I mean, I thought it was massive. I mean, I've never played in this league before, so getting that experience, six big games there. I mean, probably played pretty well for the guys that came up. And now I'll be back in Abbotsford tomorrow. And Merkley also spoke to the overall evaluation of his play. Oh, I've been very happy with my play through the six games. I feel like I'm getting better and better. I mean, I thought I got more patience with the puck. I mean, I was making good plays, making good passes out of the zone, but just... It's the same thing, just work on the D zone, working on my strength, positioning, boxing guys out. 
So yeah, a lot of good experience here is the takeaway that we look at from this for a guy like Ryan Merkley. We also look at the organizational strength, and we also look at the reality that maybe up at this point, the Sharks were running out of gas a little bit last night because they came out of the gates flying last night, and you could see that intensity maybe ratchet down a little bit over the course of the game, but I don't know that acting head coach John McClain agrees. I don't know if ran out of gas. I mean, we, I thought we had a couple opportunities who just weren't able to bury it. And, you know, uh, you know, it was a close game there, there for a bit. And, um, you know, we bury a couple chances, uh, you know, they get, they get some, they get some power plays. We never really got any special, you know, we never got any power plays. So it was just one of those things, um, you know, guys, guys tried and it just didn't, uh, didn't come our way. I was a little frustrating to not get not get a call tonight. Yeah, well, you know what? Um, sometimes, in, when you're on the road in uh, loud buildings, sometimes you don't get uh, get the calls. But we got to play through that, and you know, we we killed the ones that we, you know, we did a pretty good job on the penalty kill. But um, so we just got to keep keep going. I mean, the guys, you know, as I said, put in put in a good effort, and it just uh, wasn't uh, wasn't good enough for tonight's game. And when you get down to it, you're not going to win every game. And I think everybody can understand that. But I had no problem with the effort I saw from the team last night, nor overall from the performance. Like I mentioned earlier, I think the Sharks could have had a couple more calls go their way. But you also got to go out there and win the game and not rely on the officials. And I think that the Sharks were maybe a little bit tired last night, didn't catch the breaks. And now you've got the cavalry coming. But I think overall, we're going to be looking back at this as one of the more interesting moments in recent San Jose Sharks history, and it's something they had not had to deal with through the COVID outbreak up to this point. And I think that there's no one to blame. That's just how it goes. This is the realities of living amidst a pandemic, but the Sharks did respond pretty darn well. If you had told me before the, the six-game stretch that they would go 3-2-1, two, and one, I would take that no matter what. Now, in terms of who's going to be out there on the ice on Saturday in Colorado, we don't know yet. In one of Merkley's answers, he did say he was going back to Abbotsford, so it sounds like he won't be one of them, but I have not heard an official decision on that capacity made. We'll probably get that information later today. And I think coming up here in the next few days, we are going to talk to Nick Nolenberger, the play-by-play voice of the Barracuda, to get his thoughts on what he has seen from the players that he was familiar with at the American League level and what he was surprised by and or not surprised by when he saw them play at the NHL level. So 3-2-1, the Cavalry is coming, and the San Jose Sharks are above water and, in my opinion, pass the test with flying colors. All right, that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. I will see you all on Sunday morning as we discuss the Sharks game against the Avs. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey, signing off.